and welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that's all about the podcastings. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. Still haven't changed that. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Adam Ryan. He hosts In All Airness, a podcast dedicated to the great Michael Jordan specifically and 80s, 90s era basketball in general. It was great to talk to Adam about his love for podcasting and basketball and the idea of picking a specific niche topic to focus your show around and the unique opportunities it's brought to him as a result. My thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later in the show. Now, enjoy my conversation with Adam. flying was cheap yeah that's right i've only been <laughs> i haven't been to canada at all but we'd love to go over there but um been to america a couple of times uh, back in 1994 and 95 so i'm showing my age a little bit there <laughs> did you get to go to chicago um i did nice. um there's a sad sad tale behind that well not sad really but depending on who you ask i guess <laughs> but i um went on a tour an NBA tour because I'm obviously a, a basketball – well, people will soon learn, I guess, I'm a basketball-obsessed person and uh, went on a, a tour here that was organized through an Australian travel company and probably about two or three weeks after the deposit and trip was actually booked and confirmed, Michael Jordan retired for the first time. <laughs> so yeah, that was unfortunate <laughs> because the, the whole allure of the, of the tour was that we were going to Chicago to watch uh, Michael Jordan play. So – I had a bit of bad luck with timing there. He retired just after the, the trip was booked and then I went back a year later and just on a holiday to America and returned and then within about three weeks of returning, he then unretired. So <laughs> I missed shit. out on a second occasion. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the way it goes. Still a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for those listeners who don't know, aren't aware, your podcast is, I mean, it's a basically, um, you could say it's a Michael, it's a basketball podcast, but it's about Michael Jordan, right? You're, that's the. Mm. I wasn't sure if the the uh, the arc, the sort of story arc you're on right now, you're you're focusing in on the his rookie season, but your your podcast is basically you know a basketball podcast with a Michael Jordan focus, right? Is that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, at the moment we're in the midst of a recap of his rookie season, which is just coincidentally thirty years ago this year, and I've just been a massive fan of the NBA and, and Michael Jordan, particularly since about 1989 when I first discovered an NBA game that was being aired on TV over here in Australia. And I've just been hooked ever since. And yeah, a few years ago, I decided, well, hang on, why don't I just try and start a podcast devoted to what my passion was and still is, of course. But yeah, I do uh, have other, I have had other guests on as well who are former players and coaches and personalities of the NBA going back to all sort of as far back as the 1960s and, and even earlier. But a lot of it does relate back to being Michael Jordan centric. Yep. <laughs> Which is cool. You've got uh, like, it's an interesting niche sort of topic, I guess, on a podcast. And I mean, these days, obviously with podcasting being what it is, probably there's a topic covered or a podcast that covers most any topic, but I would, you know, I would have thought, well, great, you do a basketball podcast. That's what you do, and you love basketball. But to focus on one player and then sort of walk through history, and I, even when I was thinking of the idea, like when you, I'd seen your site obviously before when we've communicated and stuff. But the, 
it seemed like, well, I wouldn't find that that interesting because it's just not something I'm super interested in. But then I was listening to a few episodes here in preparation for the show and it's like, oh yeah, well, that, that guy and hearing Julia Serving and, you know, there's the names that I remember hearing, you know, sort of basketball was in the peripheral to my sporting interest at the time, but definitely you couldn't help but pay attention to Michael Jordan and the Bulls and stuff. And, um, and it's just a neat way to talk through some of that history that people, especially like you, you joked about showing your age, but you know, the younger folks who weren't, didn't have that as a, as their backdrop, those players and those names, it is kind of neat to hear, hear that again and hear sort of some of the backstory and the little stories you don't otherwise hear, you know, when you watch a bigger sporting sort of documentary or whatever. So it's a, it's something I would recommend listeners check out if they have it all. Obviously if you have a Jordan interest, but or basketball interest, but even just as far as history buff kind of thing, it's kind of has its own unique abilities to listen and, and be fun to listen to. So um, there wasn't a question there, but the, where I was going actually originally was you, you mentioned having um, interesting guests on, and that's the other angle I think that's neat that people don't realize is the opportunities you've had now to talk to some of the folks, players, you know, et cetera, like you alluded to. Um, how has that process been as far as getting those names to come on the show? It's been pretty interesting really um my very first guest was a fellow canadian you'll be pleased to know bill wennington nice who uh <laughs> was yeah <laughs> now this is a really strange story but basically um are you familiar with the the app words with friends yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a scrabble type sort of game on the phone that you can play i was playing a game on there against a guy who said that he's he was bill wennington like as in the former he played with Michael Jordan for quite a few seasons and won some NBA championships. He's a, one of the more well-known players. And uh, he said it was Bill Wennington. And I didn't really believe him at the, t- at the time when I was playing him. But I thought, oh, well, that's great if you really are. And then after a couple of months going back and forth playing this game, I started to get the idea, well, I wonder if I just asked him, would he want to chat to me on Skype? Or is that just too stalkerish or weird? <laughs> and um, so I just finally thought, well, I'll just ask him and I said, would you like to actually have a chat on Skype about your career? And I didn't really think much more of it other than the fact that if I had a chance to speak to him, that'd be great. But I hadn't even really anticipated it becoming a podcast at this stage. But long story short, he replied back and said, yes, he'd have a chat to me. And then a month or two later, it eventuated. And I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my life than when his face popped up on the Skype screen. It was a video chat. I didn't think he'd turn the camera on at all, but he was just there sitting across <laughs> on the ca- on the camera there and I was absolutely um, petrified but <laughs> had a had a great uh, conversation with him and unfortunately the the only downside was that it took me about 19 or 20 episodes to realize that I really needed to get a, a decent microphone because I was just talking into the like the camera on the webcam I think it was so very unprofessional <laughs> indeed in terms of early podcasting origins but by having a chance to chat with him, it then led to some other opportunities to sort of network and he then put in a good word for me with a couple of other people that he knew and, and sort of um, it rolled on from there. And I was quite surprised just by the fact that you could, because of the wonders of social media, I got in touch with a few players, former players via Twitter and via email through some LinkedIn connections and things like that. So it just sort of started to gain momentum a bit from there and, and one person would recommend somebody else and then uh, it just was really quite surprising how quickly some other former players were really interested in actually wanting to chat and uh, talk about their career. So 
I was stunned and yet yeah, equally excited as to the opportunities that would present themselves. So gradually I've just been able to get in touch with more and more players from that era and, and even earlier that have just sort of come by recommendations as well. So it's been quite interesting in that respect too. Yeah, and that's again like sort of why I think it's such a unique and interesting idea for a show is that, um, you know, take us like you and I one generation back, like my parents, let's say, or whatever, the hockey players that my dad watched or, or the um, Aussie pro football players that your dad may have watched or whatever, but or soccer football players. Um, but, you know, there's no way that my dad could have ever dreamed that he'd just get to chat on a phone call with Bobby or whoever it might have been. And, uh, and just that, and maybe you might not get Michael Jordan on the show, but who knows? Like, but the idea that some of these other guys who are, um, you know, probably don't get as many interviews as Jordan does are happy to come on and talk about the old days and, and reminisce and just have the opportunity to share their story in, in a way that they don't typically get to. And, and then you get to chat and pick their brain about stuff that, uh, is of interest to you obviously too. So it's just a neat, uh, like I said before in the show, podcasting is kind of a unique way to just use it as, as an excuse to talk to some of your heroes, your peers that you wouldn't otherwise, like you said, stalkerishly get to. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any folks, have you, have you, I guess the ultimate question is, have you reached out to Jordan or and his people at all to try and get him on yet? I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to hopefully wait until fingers crossed I get to at least a hundred episodes or more. And then by that stage, hopefully have developed my network of, uh, former guests and just associates, but I, I do plan to, but yeah, I think he's charging roughly a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for an hour <laughs> of his time as far as any corporate sort of things go. So yeah. whilst a podcasting network, uh, a podcasting angle does allow opportunities that you'd never really be able to otherwise get. I'm not sure how open he may be to a request. I'm sure he gets hundreds of requests a week to chat to <laughs> legitimate news outlets, let alone some podcasting guy in Australia. However, <laughs> that said, um, I have been fortunate in the last sort of six months or so to have developed a, a, a relationship with the Retired Players Association for the NBA and they are backing me in order to actually help me get in touch with more guests as far as the former players go. So that that had just sort of started to happen whilst this new series, this sort of sub-series that I'm doing about the 1985 NBA season came along. So I haven't really had any guest episodes for a little while now because of the fact that I've done 12 or 13. I've recorded, I've got three episodes at the moment that I need to edit and put up online of this series. But prior to that, I was having quite regular guest chats. So I'm hoping to, yeah, into the new year, get back in touch with this retired players association. I got in touch with them through Twitter initially a few, quite a few months back now and then developed a relationship with one of the main guys there. And then he's been very helpful. And in the future, I'm going to hopefully have a, an even wider array of guests to uh, hopefully chat with, which would be great too. Yeah, that's awesome. And so they're, you know, again, understandably, they're probably interested in just someone who's uh, willing to chat with those, these guys who don't otherwise get to tell their story maybe as much or whatever and aren't always featured on the highlight reels or whatever necessarily. And um, that's, yeah, just a great, great opportunity to to uh, chat with those folks that otherwise wouldn't get, get connected with. One of the other interesting things about the podcast that I've found is that some of the lesser lights, for lack of a better term, in terms of the players have been the most interesting to chat to because you hear a lot about some of the main stars and 
the teams that you're familiar with, but when you get a chance to speak to players who were there and in that era but didn't actually have a chance to maybe shine and, and get all the exposure in the media, they have some of the most interesting stories and I enjoy chatting to all the different guests that I've had on, no matter what sort of profile I've had, but some of them with the lesser-known stories are actually the best ones to chat to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, would get, I would imagine so. And they, because they often have the, you know, the guy getting to sit next to Jordan or three seats down from Jordan or whatever in the <laughs> locker room who doesn't have the press constantly asking him questions probably gets to actually observe a lot more of what's actually going on and uh, isn't always just being pestered for quick quotes and stuff. So, yeah, that's right. Um, so, you're, how far are you? Uh, let's see, just, oh, I had a safari issue. <laughs> safari right. decided to. Uh, do something for me here. Anyways, uh, you're you're through November 10th to 24th as far as what's live as of this recording on that yes. inaugural season. And so, tell me a bit about how you're researching this and how you're choosing what to share, what not to share, and you know the availability of of clips. Obviously, on YouTube being a, a probably a bit, pretty big help, I would imagine. Um, how are you sort of scheduling and programming out these these episodes? Yeah, well, at the moment they're being done in approximately like 15-day blocks from when the season began. And, and unfortunately, I've fallen a little bit behind because real life, unfortunately, has to take precedence uh, <laughs> for the most part. But um, <clears throat> And I'm sure my wife would be happy to hear that real life actually does have to take precedence <laughs> because I do have an obsession of sorts with uh, the podcasting side of things. But um, a lot of it's been through the the great availability of things like uh, on Google searches. Uh, I've come across some... Well, there's a Google newspapers area where you can just access a whole stack of newspapers from that particular era. So I've been literally or electronically going through page by page over a few key newspapers from the time and looking over the sports sections trying to find interesting stories and trivia and bits and pieces about the, that particular season. And as you mentioned, YouTube's been fantastic and there just seems to be new clips every couple of weeks turning up to do with that particular season as well. So I try and um, yeah, mix in a combination of some YouTube clips, uh, just general internet searches, but also then drilling down into the um, the Google searches as far as newspapers go and that's been able to offer up some great things that I never knew even happened and I consider myself a fairly big history buff in terms of the NBA and I'm learning new things all the time and I've got a co-host that's one of my has turned out to be one of my best friends since we've had a chance to actually chat about the era that we both love and uh, he's also doing some research at his end as well so the two of us combined we come up with some pretty good things that I, I think that the listeners whilst it's a niche audience as you did say as well I think that they really do enjoy and get some yeah learns plenty of new things about as well so there's a combination of things which help with the research side of things. Yeah, your co-host you mentioned. And so how do you guys collaborate? Um, is he in Coffs Harbour as well or is he somewhere else? He's Australian, I gathered from his accent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is Australian. He lives in Melbourne. So oh, okay. He's, uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, a couple of hour flight to the south. But um, yeah, so he – and that this is a, quite a – like I got onto him as a – just even an acquaintance back oh, a good 18 months, almost two years ago, I guess, from – another Chicago Bulls fan here in Australia who suggested that I get in touch with this guy and that's Aaron who's a great friend of mine and uh, Adam is the other guy I'm referring to but they are both been yeah great guys to know since 
just even going back and forth on Twitter and I'm sure you've probably experienced similar where you start to develop a, a friendship with somebody initially via just online and then you have a chance to meet. We've only met a couple of times in person but we've been chatting back and forth via Skype and just on the phone and email and Twitter and whatever else pretty much nonstop about our obsession with old school basketball for the best part of two years. So it's quite um, interesting how that sort of stuff comes together as well and you can develop some really good friendships even though it's uh, you know, primarily uh, online. The collaboration as far as preparing for a show, is it something where you do all the, the work or you do it together or he does a lot, you take turns? How, how do you decide? Because this is, a like you said, a, a lot of research goes into sort of figuring out what you're going to talk about and where and what stories to share and all that kind of stuff. So what talk a bit about what tools you use to, to prepare for a show, software or whatever. That you're yeah, using. well, f- yeah, for the most part, we're using Google Documents and we just have a, a working document that's set in place and then as we find bits and pieces of information, we normally add it into that document so we can both access it in real time and make any edits and things like that that we like. So um, it's sometimes a matter of trying to choose what, to really leave out rather than what to include because we come across so many um, yeah, just interesting things that come up and interesting is a word that I'm trying to get rid of out of my vocabulary because I'm <laughs> saying it way too, way too often even on this episode. So I apologize if it's annoying people already. But <laughs> That can be the show me your mic drinking game for this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> people might be in trouble. Um, yeah, so just trying to choose what to leave out is sometimes as hard as what to leave in because uh, there's so many great topics that we've come across. And But yeah, I do quite a lot of the research from the newspaper side of things and the, and the Google searching and that sort of stuff. But Aaron, my co-host Aaron, he also does a lot of uh, – he finds some great images and other information for us to then use as far as helping to promote upcoming episodes and previous episodes as well. So we, we both do our own – uh, we both contribute in different ways and then we just access this document in the lead up to when we record and have a quick run through and try and get it all into chronological order. And But the Google Docs has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something I'm curious about how you guys approach this because I've, I've used Google Docs and I continue to for a variety of shows in different ways. And there's sort of like um, I've done had two approaches and there's maybe others, but you have either uh, one doc in Google Docs that you just kind of like keep adding to and, you know, put the show, the new episode at the top and sort of have your outline maybe there. And the other approach is having multiple files for each episode with maybe one master file that you just kind of grab information from. What approach or, or maybe yours is completely different from that yet again, what style have you used for <laughs> Google Docs to, to organize your information? I'm sure that we probably could be a bit more organized because we're sometimes adjusting the file that we're going to be looking at as a reference right up until the point where we're actually about to record the episode. So it's uh, sometimes gets a bit pressed for time, but we mostly have a separate document for each individual episode. There's actually no overall reference that we refer to, which probably would be a good idea actually. But uh, (laughs) now that you mention it, but we just create a new individual document, which we add to specifically for that particular period of time that we're chatting about um but yeah i can definitely see the benefits of having it in a similar <laughs> setup to what you've just suggested as well well there you go we help people live <laughs> in the show <laughs> <We> <laughs> no do. you do <laughs> well that's where it's like each time it's different and each person you work with is has their own because you're kind of 
trying to combine two different or three, depending on how many co-hosts you have, uh, sort of different workflows that each person likes to use. And and I think Google Docs tends to be sort of the, the place to land for the most part, um, just because it is, the, as far as I can tell, I'd love to hear from folks who are using something different um, that also is, you know, relatively easy to get into, I guess, where it's a collaborative tool that has live support for live updating between the two of you or three of you, however many people. Um, we've used and, and good stuff here, backend stuff, sort of managing good stuff. We use Quip now, which is great for, you know, documents that you're not necessarily all looking at at the same time. It, you can do that in it, but it's not quite as collaborative as Google Docs. But, um, but yeah, anyways, curious with what other folks are using out there. So let me know if you've got some suggestions there. Always interested in, in new tools and of course anything to distract from the actual act of podcasting sometimes to <laughs> get distracted with but uh how many episodes are you up to right now i was trying to figure out with the the new naming convention you have is it 85 yeah. or is that the um, year no, it, yeah that's 85 so I'm, i was trying to be clever with a play on words and <laughs> instead of just saying nba i've made it nba t5 oh, gotcha. as in 1985 so <laughs> uh, unfortunately i spend way too much time trying to uh be overly clever and actually usually coming off as silly. So that's just the series itself. But I've done 49, I've released 49 episodes of the In All Airness podcast. And then this separate series of NB85, I think 11 episodes or 10 episodes are definitely online. And I've also, I'm editing episode 11 at the moment and we've recorded 12 and part of 13. And at the moment I need to lift my game a bit, but I get a little bit overly obsessed in terms of editing which is uh has its pros and cons but that's why there's been a bit of a delay releasing some of the most recent episodes because i'm just too finicky and i like to try and make it as as good sounding as possible before it actually goes online which is probably to my detriment sometimes so i guess talk about that what um do you record the episodes uh sort of back to a whole bunch at once or do you um just record it and then release them as you get to edit them and then you record the next one and that kind of approach yeah, normally the latter, but um, in the last week or so, we have recorded an extra one here and there or parts of the following episode at the same time as well, trying to sort of get to the point where there's one or two in advance that we can release. I was hoping to actually, as the season continued in 2014-15, try and release episodes that coincided with the same period of time some 30 years prior, but oh, yeah. I started off fairly closely, but it's sort of... <laughs> Now I'm struggling to catch up, but uh, this is where it's, um, yeah, I, I try and focus on, I, I don't want to put out episodes where it's just, there's dead air and there's, you know, coughs and ums and ahs totally the whole time. So we're getting much better as we go along in terms of the recording side of things, but it's still, and Aaron will be the first, unless my co-host, Aaron will be the first to admit that I'm quite obsessed in when it comes to editing and putting out a decent sounding product. So that's uh, something I need to, and I've been saying for, for months, oh no, I'll, I'll get to the point where we won't have to edit too much. It'll be fine. And then I'll listen to it on the way before record, uh, before trying to release anything. And then I start to try and tighten things up again and again and again. So. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all, I think it's a, something we all sort of struggle with in various ways. The, either the extreme of not doing any editing or, or spending too much time editing and somewhere in the middle is probably the perfect balance. But um, how long does it take from I guess from a recorded conversation down to is each episode roughly like a half hour? Is that sort of what you're you're aiming for, or that just happened to be the couple that I grabbed this time? Yeah, in the this NB eighty five 
series that we're talking about, they're mostly 30 to 45 minutes. There's been a few ones that have gone a bit longer. Uh, and then in the the longer form, of the like in terms of the interview episodes, then they can range anywhere from maybe 30 to 45 minute minimums right through to I've held some people hostage for a good hour and a half, hour and three quarter, <laughs> even two hours, um, which has been great. But one of them I had to put into a two-part because it went for almost two hours. So I, I didn't want to um, make the listeners endure a two-hour s- session, even though they could stop and start as, as I please. But I broke that one up into two uh, two parts. So uh, it does vary a bit, but this series has mostly been around the 30 to 40-minute mark roughly. And so then when you're editing, are you is it like you, you alluded to the you know ums, ahs, coughs, et cetera, or is there more topical stuff that you're shif- shuffling things around to or is it uh, to what? How finicky, I guess, are you <laughs> getting with that yeah, editing? Yeah, some of the uh, some of the times I I might we might say something, and then I'll say, oh, actually, in editing, I'll just fix this back up and move it back there. So I'm sort of talking to myself, which <laughs> yeah. is a bit concerning in in itself. But <laughs> so then actually have to move it back to a certain spot in the episode, or I'll add this back here and do this and that, and that sort of gives me a few reminders from the audio file as far as when the recording goes. But I do like to. Yeah, try and have it nice and neat and and trim to where it's. I don't. I'm quite conscious of the fact that I don't want to waste a listener's time. And if it's going to take an extra hour or two here and there, just to make it smoothly as uh, flow as smoothly as possible, then I'll probably do that. But I've now done almost sixty episodes combined uh, on the show, and I know that it, I don't know how long it'll continue <laughs> with me doing it this way. So I must have to make some allowances where. I can uh, start to ease off a little bit on the editing side of things and, and probably it actually makes it sound a little bit more natural. Anyhow, I've started to, in the last couple of episodes, at least include a couple of flubs where we muck up or something silly happens or whatever and I'll just include a few things here where normally I just edit those out straight away and wouldn't even think twice about including them. So it's starting to change but only ever so slightly. <laughs> well, I know it's tough to – because sometimes you want to – you know, reveal a little bit of your humanness or whatever in it. Uh, not that you guys sound like robots by any stretch, but um, <laughs> but that idea of uh, you know we are still normal people here recording this podcast, obviously. And uh, but then also you want to be professional and uh, you know respecting people's times and and their ears as they <laughs> listen to you yes. cough or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, it's again like I said, it's tough balance. Um, and and uh, but until such day that. You know, each of us are, all of us are doing this somehow full time or whatever, or have an audio engineer that we just pass it off to even, which would be even better, I guess, but we'll have to make do with somewhere in the middle, I guess. So uh, yeah. I know it's something I've started doing and then sometimes forget or whatever in a, in a rush to get a podcast out is, is uh, you know, marking different cough points. Like I coughed earlier, I'll probably edit that out, but uh and then other times in the past, I know I've left it in and, and just kind of said, well, whatever, it's just one episode, but um so it's tough, I know, to treat each individual one sometimes, I find anyways, as important. But the idea I've sort of tried to remember is that this episode, your my conversation with you, for example, could be the first time someone listens to this episode. And you kind of want that first one to be good and every episode could be their first one. So, Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's exactly right. That's my little rant on that. But <laughs> No, I, I understand it completely. And we, 
like Aaron and I have some, we love chatting to each other about this stuff and, and NBA history and all that sort of stuff. So we have a great time recording the episodes, but sometimes we go, you know, a little bit over the top and get so <laughs> carried away with what we're chatting about. It gets to the point where I think, oh, I better sort of just cut out some of this stuff because we sort of go off track a little bit and you don't want to derail the whole conversation based on the fact that you then get onto a tangent talking about some other player or, or move or transaction or something that happened in that particular season that's not relevant to the episode as well so right yeah it's a fine balance <laughs> which there again it's tough I, I would imagine in your being sort of in that niche or whatever that you're in the the basketball fan um if they're at all as uh what's the word like obsessive or or interested as you are they'd love hearing about some weird obscure trade that happened that you know maybe impacted the season because of you know x y or z or whatever or didn't even in, impact it but just had a was an interesting little side note, but but I know it'd be tough. Then how far down those rabbit trails do you let yourself go? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the that's the key. How far do you let yourself go? <laughs> <laughs> do you? Uh, is it something where you record? Uh, do you record live at all? Do you have you used anything like Google Hangouts or any of those kind of things to sort of interact with the community that listens, or is it more just your sort of traditional or whatever we want to call that now? Release an episode and the next one comes out and, and things like that. No, that's a great question. Uh, all of them except for one were done, just we recorded them between ourselves and then I've released them all as just in a standard inverted commas podcast episodes. But for episode 50 of the main podcast, um, I'm not trying to confuse people, but yeah, it's all on the one feed. But on episode 50, which hasn't actually been released as an audio episode yet, and that's how slack I am, it's coming back a, a couple of months now, we did a Google Hangout on air, which we were quite, well, frightened and petrified about <laughs> because we'd never done anything like that before, but we talked about it and we absolutely loved the experience and we had some interaction with people who were watching and they were also tweeting at the same time about what we were doing, which can be quite distracting. So it's, mm -hmm. um, we were just caught up in the moment, but we, there was uh, Aaron and then also another good friend of mine, Adam, uh, they're both in Melbourne. So they were at their own homes and then I was here up in Coffs Harbour. So we just had a three-way conversation on video and that went pretty well overall. We had a couple of minor issues, technical issues, but for the most part, it went really well and we definitely want to, or at least Aaron and I for sure, definitely want to do some more things going forwards where we get the Google Hangout and then make it so it uh, is a upload that can then be featured or you know, still have it on, on YouTube as well because we found that to be... Uh, a whole different way to approach things and, and we had a great time doing it as well so it was just as much fun trying it to be that way and being live you know as, as much as live can be i guess in terms of on the internet here but we had a great time with that and uh going forward to hope to do more of those as well yeah it's a great i think uh seems like a vastly underutilized opportunity for podcasters who traditionally just do the audio thing which i think is still the best way to ultimately reach a bigger audience is just an audio because it's a lot harder to tune into a video or watch a video while you're driving or, <laughs> or whatever in the car. But uh, but still to do it from time to time, like we've done some good stuff, hangouts here and stuff. And it just kind of, I think, puts a face, uh, a body or whatever <laughs> you might need to sort of the the voices that you hear and, and even beyond a picture or whatever on Twitter and things like that. But um, sort of highlights who this person is, how they actually talk, how they interact with each other, those kinds of things I think is a a neat aspect and, and because it's free and the, the technology behind that, like the Google Hangouts thing is pretty amazing actually and for being free, um, vastly, yeah, like I said, underutilized, but 
but it is tough. Video takes a lot more work. You have to do your makeup, all that kind of stuff <laughs> just to get on the air. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm far from an oil painting too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite confronting to have the camera uh, showing, seeing yourself on there and just trying not to get thrown by the fact that you can see all your mannerisms and facial expressions and silly looks at the camera that you don't even realize you're doing. So yeah. it takes a bit of getting used to. And uh, I plan to release the audio portion of that. But here again is where my Achilles heel lay in the uh, fact that I'm still editing the audio for that one as well. So I didn't, I couldn't just release it as <laughs> it came out on the YouTube on the hangout. I've had to try and edit it down and get rid of some of the technical problems we had just so it doesn't waste people's time once they eventually do have a chance to hear it. But that'll come out at some stage in the future as well. <laughs> but you did release the the video part, right? On your, I'm assuming yeah. you're on your YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Now that one went up straight away and we initially thought, should we just record it privately and then, dare I say, edit that video a little bit as well to then put that back up online. But no, we just went with a, a live hangout, which was then just became a, an upload to my channel. And uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely on there from the word go. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's any you can. There's anecdotes, I'm sure, to support both sides of this argument or discussion. But the folks like um, uh, Tom Merritt, Daily Tech News guy here in and down in California, is does this his show via Google Hangouts and then releases audio later. And the Hangout is video is is rough. And same thing with you know things like Twit and stuff. They do a bit of editing and things like that. But it seems like the people are a little more forgiving and interested in the video if they're willing to tune in and watch the video. Then they'll they'll happily put up with a little bit of a extra banter or, or weird stuff going on just to sort of see you. They get to see a little bit behind the scenes, I guess, too, as to what's going on. But um, all right, well, I just want to pause for a brief sponsor break. And when we come back, I just want to, we're going to chat a bit about how you record and then also some of the, I noticed you've got a nice little social media following for the podcast as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, so we'll talk about that. But I want to thank uh, Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. And uh, they're actually, they're an Australian company. I don't know if you're, how far away. They're probably Sydney-based, I would imagine, <laughs> now that I say that. But, uh, but uh, I know they were started in Australia, and uh, which is neither here nor there as far as why you should use them, but just knowing that they're cool, relaxed folks because they're from Australia. Every Australian I've met has been pretty chill, pretty relaxed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, they, they make sending email campaigns, email newsletters to your clients, to your friends, super easy. Uh, quick and easy to get a responsive template up and going 60 seconds or less. And with their template builder, they call Canvas, which you can check out at canvas.cm. You could build yourself a responsive template uh, and working off their, their template builder in no time. That'll look great on all the different devices that are out there. Um, yeah, iPhone 6, 6 Plus, etc. that are just released back to older Hotmail accounts and things like that that people are still hanging on to. Uh, Campaign Monitor takes care of testing on all those devices and making sure your email looks great so that people can read the content, see the pictures, watch the videos, etc. that you're sending out to them. Their iOS app called Monitor works great as well for monitoring your campaigns and seeing subscriptions and un and uh, unsubscribes and, and when campaigns go out, seeing stats and things like that right on your phone from wherever you happen to be. So uh, visit CampaignMonitor.com to get started today with your own email newsletter my thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. So yeah, I noticed on uh, just on your site that um, you got you know the link to the Facebook page, which lots of podcasts do. But there's uh, you know just about 900 people who are 
liking the podcast, which seems like a, it's not like millions, obviously, but it's a lot of people who are following along with the podcast in what seems like a fairly niche thing. And this seems to often be the case where almost the more specific you get, the more folks you can sort of find who are willing to sort of in the, in Facebook's vernacular anyways, like it um, and follow along. Have you been using the Facebook sort of page idea to promote the show a lot or is that talk, talk a bit about, I guess your sort of strategy and how you've been using it. Yeah, that's worked out fairly well. Uh, I have had it going for a majority of the time since the podcast actually launched and I keep it fairly uh, current with a lot of different old, you know, NBA history related things as far as uh, dates that might coincide with the day that it is today, et cetera, and wherever there's been some major milestones of note and some current day stuff as well I mix in as well because it's a fair chance that if people are a fan of old school basketball, they're still going to be fans of it in the current form. But um, yeah, I've just been using it probably trying to update two, three, four times a day with just things that I find and I think it just helps as well just to curate a lot of stuff that you think is um, worth sharing and a lot of the time I'll, I'll share something which I've also found somewhere which gets a lot of interaction or at least uh, engagement with some of the fans of the the page as well. So whilst initially I was trying to come up with just as much content of my own that I could then put in there and and I promote, I'll actually I probably should do a much better job really of promoting past episodes of the show because whilst every now and then I do or if, some, if that person I've spoken to as a former guest is in the news for whatever reason, I'll usually try and promote the episode that I have with them if they happen to have been on the show. And um, so that's been helpful but I found that cur- just curation of other good content and if, if I think that I'll, I enjoy it, then I know that a majority of the people on the page, at least the ones who get to see it thanks to faith, Facebook's <laughs> algorithm, will at least enjoy seeing it in their news feeds as well. So I've tried to stay pretty uh, current with the Facebook updates and then I'm also fairly regular as well on Twitter comments as well and um, posting things that I've come across in my research for the, the either the podcast series we're doing at the moment or just any of the previous guests or, or players from that period of time back in the 1980s and 1990s as well. I like to share stuff fairly regularly on Twitter and I've noticed that more and more players who were from that era are starting to make their way onto Twitter as well. So that's also good to include, you know, you include their you mentioned their name and their Twitter handle in a post where you might have found an old article about them or a photo of them when they're back in college playing basketball or whatever it may be. I try and go out of my way at least to take um, to use some of the images I find from the newspaper articles particularly because they're so hard to come by these days that I'll include that in some of the promotion I do for old school episodes and things and I think that's worked in my favour as well and I've had a few players who I haven't yet spoken with end up coming onto the show and chatting because I've shown interest in them to begin with and, and actually promoted some of the things they did back when they were playing as well. So that's worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's, uh, again, we've talked about that, but that neat way of, of integrating those kind of folks, uh, both, yeah, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, I guess probably more, more commonly Twitter, for that kind of um, sort of reaching out and including those kind of folks in in your discussions of the show. And, and I think on Facebook, like despite, you know, I feel your frustration of the, algorithm changes and stuff have you done any promotion of or boosting of posts and stuff or just kind of let facebook do whatever it does with with things yeah i actually haven't promoted any posts or anything i've always thought about it as an option and just to try and gauge how well it may do in terms of getting a few more likes to the page but it's all been just organic 
over the last sort of 18 months or thereabouts, probably almost two years now. But um, yeah, I haven't boosted anything. I just found that if you sort of share things fairly frequently, I mean, not doesn't have to be over the top, but maybe three or four posts a day if I'm actually on the ball. But otherwise, it might only be one or or two. But if you share some relevant content, and if I think yeah, I'll enjoy that, then I'm sure others will as well. That's just helped get the engagement up, and then that leads to more people actually seeing the post. So yeah, that's worked fairly well overall. But I'm sure there's plenty of other ways I, I could maybe be uh, doing an even better way to help get the reach out there as well. Well, yeah, that's always the thing. We could all always all probably do, do more given more time sharing topics that are or things that are related to your topic is sort of, sort of what I'm trying to say. And again, I keep harping this idea, the idea of sort of focusing in on a really specific area of interest. I think, again, serves your your market or your marketing efforts, I guess, really well because you can, people are willing and interested in other stuff besides just that episode that you might put out. Uh, and so, like you said, sharing just looking through the history of on the page right now and, and probably getting distracted. That's why my question is a little goofy <laughs> of, <laughs> of this, but using those kind of things to also, I mean, we all know that you're doing a bit of like promotion of your page at the same time. It's nobody's going to be that upset about that, but you're, you're also giving them valuable information on top of that, that uh, they might not otherwise come across. And, and again, having access to YouTube and, and like you had found the new Google newspaper archives is great that, um, to share that kind of stuff that people could go find themselves. I think this is what people often feel like maybe. And I, I know I feel like this sometimes is like it's stuff that people could go find themselves. So why would I bother sharing it with them when they won't necessarily go take the time to go find out that information, but would happily read it, share it, like it, you know, on a Facebook feed and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. There isn't a question there, but <laughs> the question I did no, have well, about your, uh, oh, sorry, just to add, just yeah. to add to that. Um, yeah, you're exactly right with that because, while someone could find it and then possibly read it that way, it, um, I, there might be an easier way to do it. But at the moment, I'm just going through page by page on the sports sections of these newspapers from back in the day. And I take a screenshot of you know a zoomed in article that I wanted to actually share. And then I end up opening that up in you know Photoshop and then cropping it. So it all looks pretty good and then sharing the end product that way. And I'm sure there's probably other ways that might be more efficient in terms of doing that, but just going that extra little mile to prepare the content to then share out on different social networks I've found has been quite helpful. And then as somebody then might see something that they like, they might then go back through your, you know, your Twitter feed or they might look back through your Facebook page or whatever and then see that there's plenty of other things that may interest them as well. So I think that can work across many different niches really as if, if the person who's sharing the stuff is keen enough for it to get out there. Mm-hmm. That's you could look at something like um, I we've used a good stuff here buffer occasionally like you it's it's a tough line between uh, like bufferapp.com is where you find it but a tough line between something that's too automated and people kind of catch on that it's just you know you queuing up a bunch of posts and not not really actually sort of it somehow feels a little less authentic even though it's you know for all intents and purposes is going to be the same thing but um, you know when you're free. For your purposes, anyway, sometimes to do use something like a buffer or whatever to promote stuff or feed stuff to your feed, I guess if you want to call it that, um, so that you can then spend a little more time editing if you need to or, or whatever recording um, <laughs> can come in handy. And um, but I know I I'm resistant to use some of those automated tools sometimes to myself just because it somehow feels like it's a little less authentic somehow. Even yeah, 
doesn't. Yeah, uh, I'm exactly the same because I on at the moment on my WordPress site it automatically schedules to go to buffer every time I do a new post and I, I just should remove or stop the plugin because I initially got it and thought, oh, yeah, that's going to be helpful. But every time I see it say that it's gone to buffer and has been scheduled, I instantly go straight to the buffer and then cancel it. So <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm, <laughs> why I'm even doing that. But um, I see the the positives of having it scheduled out automatically. But I, to this point, actually have never really scheduled anything that's come out you know during the middle of the night here in australia which may be early or late (laughs) afternoon or evening over there in the u.s and canada wherever it may be but yeah i just you haven't quite got to the point where i'm i'm comfortable with that either yeah exactly and there's always the fear that you'll you know whatever you schedule something about michael jordan and then he's in the news that moment for some horrible thing or something (laughs) you're looking pretty tone deaf yeah. <laughs> I noticed you're looking, you're using on your uh, Facebook page, you're using the Libsyn, um, I guess it's the Libsyn app on Facebook to post your episode. So I assume you're using Libsyn for hosting. Um, yes. How have you found the, the, I've always been kind of skeptical that someone would actually listen on it on Facebook to a podcast, but how have you found, I don't know if there's stats to sort of track whether they're actually being played there or, or if it's just stats. I, I can't remember Libsyn stats exactly how that works, but has that been a, an interesting way to sort of plug people in quickly without having to get them to go to iTunes and subscribe or your site to press play? Well, I actually, I should probably check to see how that goes, but it's been on there for maybe six to 12 months as is, just as a, as far as being able to have a listen to or access the episodes via that way. But I haven't really, to be honest, checked right in amongst all the, I think it's under the, in the user agents when you go into the stats section on Libsyn, it might break down which ones would actually be via Facebook. I wouldn't think there'd be a whole lot if, if you know, maybe a handful perhaps I'd, each month. I don't even know, but mm-hmm. uh, that's a good question. But I know that in recent months they've then since brought in something where on Twitter or Facebook you can just post a link. I think it's the direct MP3 link or the direct download link into either just a status update on Facebook or into your Twitter status window. And when you post it, it then opens up a it creates a player that you can actually play in stream apparently through Facebook and Twitter. But I haven't done that with Twitter yet. I've done it once or twice, I think, on the Facebook page. And I have noticed a few extra downloads or plays of that episode by doing it that way. But I'm sometimes skeptical as well that people are going to actually stay on a Facebook news feed and listen to an episode, even five or ten minutes of it, and not do something else and or close the window or whatever it may be, and, and then it sort of doesn't count as a real stat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. It's a tough, tough line because I've tried that too with a few uh, episodes of The Dailyest Show that I do where then I, you know, I can sort of justify it, I guess, when it's a five-minute or whatever long, shorter episode anyways, where someone might actually stick around and, and listen to it. But like this, you know, our conversation here too, it, an hour long, are they going to sit and listen and not click away to something and, and then... Mm. I doubt that they'd be, you know, that motivated to go back and remember what they were doing <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it's neat. Yeah. And that's a Libsyn feature right now. I think SoundCloud has that as well where they, I tried it with Twitter anyways, where, and I hadn't realized Facebook was doing the same thing, which makes sense. Kind of copy each other, but they, a Twitter card is automatically created that has the player built in. And um, I think it's neat. Like it's again, one of those tough draw decisions of, do you try and pull them to your site get them to listen that way and then they're on your site or do you or maybe iTunes or do you just expose them to the thing you're doing and hopefully they, they like it enough that they want to listen to more and I I don't know the 
the perfect answer there yet. I don't know if there is a perfect answer, but um, it's uh, it's interesting, I guess, times. And, and being aware of those tools, I guess, too, is something just to make folks aware of that it's there, and especially if you're using Libsyn already. There's no reason not to try it, I guess, occasionally and just see what kind of uptake you get from from listeners that way. So, Yeah, I try and um, yeah, just make it available wherever possible so that somebody who may just come across it by chance even if it appears in their news feed after one of their friends or whatever has liked or, or shared something that I've put online, they could at least maybe just sample it that way rather than having to try and find other details about how to get to where my website is or whatever it may be. So it's on there just for people to who are maybe curious and I really should dive deeper into those stats and actually see what it's doing. But it's just another option for people to hopefully discover the show. And if they do, then that's great. Mm-hmm. I know. That's why we all need more time. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Podcaster's dilemma. Uh, <laughs> all right. So stepping back from the marketing angle, I guess, of it, the uh, the actual recording of a show, uh, what, uh, what kind of gear are you using? You and your co-hosts are using what kind of mics and stuff? And then what are you editing in these days? Well, it's fairly bare bones here. Um, I've got a probably the stock standard uh, Audio Technica ATR2100, I think is the model that of microphone that I'm using. And um, so that's been really good. At least I've found it to be very good since upgrading to this from the previous terrible setup that I had where <laughs> I was so excited. I didn't even realize really the podcast would be going beyond a few episodes. I thought, oh, I've just had a chance to chat to some of these guys early on in my uh, podcast life and it was just when I listen back to them, I just cringe because you can hear a ridiculous echo through my side of the audio and it just sounds very unprofessional. So um, <laughs> I've graded to an Audio-Technica ATR2100. Um, I've in the last couple of months, thanks to Ray Ortega, I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. know, know of he's been very helpful i've been asking him questions left right and center he's been my podcast go-to guy so he's been great he's uh, actually got me onto the zoom recorders and i've got a i shelled out and got a zoom h6 recorder so i record my audio straight into that although i'm chatting to you through the skype so the the atr has a usb and xlr connection so the uh, XLR cord is going straight into the Zoom H6 to record my audio. That's how I'd normally do it. And then I get the audio out from the – and it's a PC, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> haven't made the switch to Mac as much as I'd like to. I'm just – No apologies necessary. It's not a- Teetering on the brink, but I know that you're a big <laughs> fan of Macs and whatnot as well. But um, So, yeah, that audio just goes into the, the, the audio from the Skype guest or the co-host, whoever it might be goes into the H6 recorder and then I just use Audacity still at this stage to do the editing and I've been thinking of for some time wanting to upgrade to something a bit more uh, feature heavy perhaps but um, haven't got there as yet but that's sort of the basics of how I do the recording and uh, I'm still trying to work out ways to try and minimize the some of the sound or the, 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 the white noise I guess you'll call it just it's gets into the recordings in between when someone stops talking and then the other person starts talking. Like I know that you guys on Good Stuff, not sure how you do it, but there's some magic involved where it really sounds almost silent in between when people are talking. So I've got to try and work out how that gets done because that's um, that's what I'd like to do to just slightly improve the way the audio sounds once people take a listen to it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what uh, – I'm trying to think of what um, magic we're doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish I had. Well, it's just it's just good. Whatever you're doing, it must be working <laughs> because it sounds like uh, it seems like there's no sound hardly at all in between. When you might stop talking and then Tim might start talking and. Uh, yeah, so I've just Great. thought, oh, that's something I've got to try and aspire to. So whatever you're doing, it's working pretty well. <laughs> it's probably that we just all like to talk too much. And so we're we're actually talking over <laughs> each other before there's any chance for any gap is probably the issue more when you have too many podcasters in one room <laughs> or one that, Skype That might call. be it. Yeah, that might be the, that might be the issue. Uh, one thing I have found, though, is and I'm by no means – Ray Ortega is a great resource because he's way smarter about this stuff than I am. And I'm just, we're trying to nail down a date to have him on the show because we just have conflicting schedules, it seems. You'd think if I can arrange with somebody on the other side of the world in Australia to be on the show, I should be able to figure out with Ray, who's somewhere <laughs> in the States. I forget where exactly. But anyways, we're just uh, on the, that weird time zone mix-ups. But um, – the uh, the noise gate that I use on my own channel and and on your track in in Logic, anyways, which I know is a very common feature. It's not a, limited to Logic alone, alone, but um, that has helped a lot with just eliminating some of the background noise that is there. Where just like in that little gap of, of my speaking, even where if you're you know maybe you had something happening in the background, a cat or something, or a gust of wind or whatever, it would quickly it would have that your track basically muted unless you're speaking above a certain level, certain decibel level, then it allows that volume through. So it's kind of like, you know, volume must be minimum, whatever decibels in order to be allowed through is, is the sort of my dummy version of <laughs> explaining what it is <laughs> that I use anyways, but I can't speak. It's That's what's interesting about good stuff is uh, whether it's Tim on his show, the East Wing, for example, or Kyle Roderick does transmission. Each of us does our own thing. We're all slightly different in some of our tools. And so it's hard to, have a consistent sound that way but um but i appreciate what you're saying and 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 it's uh yeah maybe i won't try and fix anything that's not broken i guess and <laughs> <laughs> well i think um yeah it's the noise gate that you're talking about and on audacity i'm pretty sure there's only i think you have to add plugins for it to be able to even access stuff to do with uh, noise gates and things like that so i'd really need to either yeah look at that sort of thing or just actually upgrade to a a paid version of something which would actually probably allow me to do that sort of stuff. I'm pretty sure there's some sort of noise gates or limiters and things mm-hmm. on this Zoom H6, but I haven't really investigated that fully yet. So probably need to, <laughs> might be helpful to actually read the instruction manual, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just check out the instructions to how to maybe do that. But yeah, I, I just, it's as a podcast listener, and I listen to quite a few different podcasts, it's nice just to hear good quality audio and uh, that's something that I've noticed across the board pretty much on, well, all of you, all of the shows I've listened to on the Good Stuff Network. So I know that um, that's something that I'm trying to get to as well when I release my episodes as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, holy cow in the chat room. We So sometimes I record live, uh, this show live. I don't always record it live just to, again, with schedules of guests and things that it sometimes conflicts with other shows that are being recorded live here on Good Stuff. But uh, goodstuff.fm slash live is where we stream it out. And uh, if you follow the Twitter account, SMYM underscore FM. I'll tweet out if I'm recording live. But uh, anyways, holy cow in the chat room says, Audacity has a noise filter as well and has a noise removal effect. So uh, yeah, the manual might be your your best friend. I know I avoid manuals at all costs, so I can appreciate the, <laughs> the sentiment, that's for sure. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, that's it, it probably is in there somewhere and and uh, and just a matter of... I, I'm with you though as far as fiddling. Like once it's working, I, I'm very reluctant to change things like I said earlier and um, trying to... It, it takes time to fiddle with that kind of stuff and especially if you're already doing a lot of editing and things or have, in my case, have too many shows going probably at once that 
you're kind of reluctant <laughs> to to mess around. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that help that does help. I I I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm probably there's probably episodes that I've haven't listened to post exporting or post uh, bouncing that have uh, the noise gate turned up too much and there's whole sentences that are disappearing when <laughs> <and> somebody's <laughs> talking too quietly. But uh, so definitely let me know if that happens because uh, I don't always get to uh, every single episode the same kind of care. So um, is there, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Should we talk to Mike here recording? So the the reason with the Zoom H6, um, like and Ray is mentioning that as a, as a sort of backup to recording also on Audacity, is that kind of the the reason to go through that device? He what initially happened was I was just asking him about different things and ways to try and record and get the best quality that I could with the setup I had at that time. And then he actually created a video on his YouTube channel, which is excellent as well, all the stuff he has on there. But he created one particularly to do with how to use the Zoom recorder and it could be the H4, the H6 or the newly released H5, any of those sort of ones how to do like a sort of a mix minus type setup uh, using your ATR 2100 microphone. So he created that almost, I don't know if it was exclusively based on what I was actually asking, but he definitely created it with my question in mind and then he put that up online and I thought that was a great way to go in terms of being able to get a recording of my Skype calls and just had to have a backup in case the recorder that I might use. I use a program called... I don't even know how you pronounce it. It's spelled E-V-A-E-R. Eva, Eva, uh, I don't even know how you say it. <laughs> Apparently I can't speak but that's the um, that's the program I use on the PC to record the audio of Skype calls but having this Zoom recorder allows me to record it off the PC completely so that in case anything goes a bit haywire, I can at least still use that. So um yeah, so the ATR works specifically with the Zoom and he's just showed me a nice way to sort of hook it up so that I can get the good quality whilst also avoiding any issues with the PC should something freeze or go go wrong. Nice. Yeah, and Holy Cow in the chat room mentioned he, I can pass along his email to you, which I have, and uh, you can you can uh, ping him for some noise, maybe as a quick tutorial for you as well. And. <laughs> <laughs> on the noise Thank gate, you. noise removal thing as well. So, yeah, I don't know. How, I've heard someone mention EVR or however you say that uh, as an option for on the Windows side. Again, I'm I'm not intentionally. Well, I guess I'm intentionally ignorant. I'm I don't have a Windows computer, so I, <laughs> by by choice. So I guess I am intentionally ignorant. But anyways, I don't. I'm not always aware up on what the Windows folks are using these days for for that kind of little extra features. But um, that's certainly one to I've heard of before that is worth worth checking out. So. Um, all right. Well, the last thing I like to ask guests is, uh, some podcasts that you listen to and, and apps that you listen to them on devices of choice or mobile app, whatever way you choose to listen. So I don't know if you, uh, have your podcasting list handy or not, but what are some of your top, top podcasts that you like to listen to? Yeah, I do have it handy. Unfortunately, about a week and a half ago, I had a bit of bad luck with my phone. First of all, I deleted the podcast app altogether, uh, which was didn't go down too well at the time. I was very annoyed at myself, but um, I was trying to clear up some space on my phone and I just thought, oh, yeah, that's the old podcast app that I use, so I'll delete that. And then that went, all my subscriptions disappeared, so I had to try and remember all the ones I had. So that was not a good way to go. But I use Pocket Casts as my um, podcast player of choice. I've got a an Android phone, like a Samsung S4 
phone. So I've lucked out there as far as I've got a PC and now I'm using a, an Android. So I'm probably off your Christmas card list, Chris, <laughs> am I? Um, <laughs> but uh, Well, I use Pocket Cast as well. So, and that's, I mean, I don't know oh, if that's just because they're an Australian company as well, right? If I'm not mistaken there. Yeah, I believe they're in yeah. South Australia. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, not that you're exclusively Australian uh, software user, but... <laughs> no, no, I know what you're saying. And when you mentioned Campaign Monitor earlier, um, I, I believe, oh, well, only because I've heard your your sponsor reads over the months that Campaign Monitor are here in Australia as well. So, um, yeah, it just happens to be that that's where all the good companies seem to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I use Pocket Casts to listen to my podcasts on. Um, I'm a big fan of Show Me Your Mic, Oh, that's a good um, so show. it is a good show. I believe the host is quite a good guy. So, yeah. um, no, I really love Show Me Your Mic. So that's oh, one you. of the my favorite shows, to be honest. And um, I'm also a fan of uh, I'm a bit of a wrestling fan, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, old school wrestling, <laughs> I don't mind either. So I listen to uh, Jim Ross. I think it's called the Ross Report. Uh, he has some great guests of, as far as old school wrestling goes. I listen to the Steve Austin show as well. Um, I also enjoy uh, Mike Hurley and a lot of the Relay FM shows as well. Uh, particularly Inquisitive is one of my favorite shows that I like to listen to. Um, I'm a big fan of the BS Report with Bill Simmons, which is a sports report, a sports sort of podcast where he chats to different sporting guys and talks about NBA a lot as well, which is uh, which is good too. Um, I don't. I like listening to podcasts about podcasts. Surprisingly, um, so Ray Ortega. I'm a big fan of what he does as well with uh, podcasters roundtable, and uh, he has his own couple of shows as well that he does too. So that's another thing that I like to listen to. One of my favourite shows, which is an Australian podcast, is called Conversations with Richard Feidler, and it's broadcast on ABC Radio here in Australia. But they also have a podcast version, and that's probably my absolute favorite podcast of all. It's a really wide mix of topics that you just, from one show to the next, you're just not sure what he's even going to be, who's going to be chatting to. He does a, a great deal of research on his guests before he has them on and um, he has some just fantastic guests about some really, you know, heartwarming stories and also some really terrible things that happen to people as well and uh, investigates their life as well. So can't recommend that one highly enough. It's called Conversations with Richard Feidler. Um, what else have I got scrolling through here? Um, That's where I find, I'll interrupt you while you're looking, but the, those kind of shows often, as much as it might be an Australian guy hosting it or whatever, guy or girl, the um, the stories they tell are universal and not so much, we just don't hear about them over here. They're not featured in iTunes the same way other shows, North American-based shows necessarily are. But uh, that's what I, I've, the feedback I get from listeners anyways is that they always love hearing about different parts of the world the shows that people are listening to because it just gives them other content i guess to tune into or, or listen add to their queue so yeah well the conversations with richard feidler that's just ended the season so to speak for the year but they come back in early in the new year i think it is but the archive of episodes that he's got is just phenomenal so it's definitely worth checking out i also like the new media show which is uh hosted by todd cochran and rob greenley so I listened to that one as well. Um, what else have I got on here? Uh, oh, there's a, another wrestling one, surprisingly, called Cheap Heat, which is by the uh, Grantland Network, who's part of the Bill Simmons sort of ESPN conglomerate. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Yep, Cheap Heat, that's called. 
And uh, what else? Oh, I've been listening to Serial. Been trying to get into Serial, uh, oh, as I everybody I haven't heard around the world. No, no, that's apparently a new one. <laughs> yeah. um, not sure. You probably don't know much about it either. Do I? That really, but um, no, that's been pretty good. I've, I know it's got a lot of hype, of course, but I've actually been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. I'm only up to about episode seven, I think. There's probably three or four I haven't got to yet. And one of the more recent ones I've just got onto is the podcast method by former guest of your show, Dan Benjamin of 5 by 5 Yeah, I like describing him as the, his biggest claim to fame as a former guest of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bring you up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's one I've just come across. and he, I think he's only just started it in the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed the fact that he's just attacking different questions from people who are just putting in tweets to him and he's starting to answer those episode by episode. So uh, I know you chatted about that fairly recently on a an episode of uh, the intellectual radio program as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, it's a great because uh, he's well, he's a, a peer uh, and someone who helped sort of inspire me to do stuff that I'm doing in podcasting. And so it's always great to hear. Back when I first got into what he was doing, he had a show called The Mixdown with Anthony Stoffer that he did. That's I think still is a video show. Actually, I think it's still available on the on the site. Um, and talked a bit about some of this stuff, but like he said many times and anybody who's done this video is, is a hard thing to keep up doing un, unless you've got the, all the resources at your disposable and uh, disposal. And, uh, but um, yeah, it's great to hear, especially the random questions that people have and, um, and just get advice. I think the last one, episode two was on compression. Maybe I think is what he was talking about. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was. That's yeah. right. So lots to learn and, and always more to be, to be learned. If that's a, doesn't sound right, but <laughs> I know what you're saying. And a couple of the quick ones. Um, I also listened to the Wolf Den, which is a, a really good one about mostly about broadcasting or podcasting side of things as well. And uh, there's a couple of guys here in Australia that do a, a very good uh, NBA podcast, which is called Believe the Hype NBA podcast. Um, uh, Tom and Benyam, who are the hosts of that show as well, which is a pretty popular show here in Australia as far as NBA basketball and current day sort of stuff. So that's another one that I have a listen to as well. A um, couple other quick ones. The fe- the Feed by Libsyn as well. They've got their own podcast about pretty much, you know, the business of podcasting, I guess, and just tips and tricks and things like that. So they're, they're majority of the ones that I'm on. I did have a few more, but uh, since I deleted that app accidentally, <laughs> I've actually lost the majority of the sort of the fringe ones that I enjoyed select episodes of, but yeah. uh, I just can't remember what they were until I see them <laughs> pop up on social media perhaps and think, oh, yeah, that, that's another one I deleted. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad that Apple doesn't, I guess if you were, what, if you had it synced in the cloud to your Mac or something, I guess, then maybe it would still be there. I'm not sure how that, uh, yeah, there isn't, uh, as far as I know, the podcast, the official podcast app anyways doesn't have XML or OPML or whatever exporting abilities. So you're kind of stuck but yeah. yeah that's too bad but uh, hopefully they'll all come back someday to you <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll remember them gradually and think oh, okay that's another one i need to add to the list uh, that i did have on there but yeah in a nutshell i just love listening to podcasts and uh, i've don't think i've listened to a radio program for a couple of years now really probably longer it's um you just find the interest that you have and there's usually a podcast devoted to it or, or more than one of course and uh, that's yeah, one of the big appeals of, of podcasts. So I listen to them whenever I can, you know, going for walks or 
doing dishes or whatever some of the mon- mundane tasks might be around the place. Yeah, mm-hmm. have the uh, earbuds in and listen to as many podcasts as you can. That's the way to go. Yeah, that's I always whenever I get into someone's car who doesn't listen to podcasts and just kind of listening to the radio, and I I always come kind of wondering like. You choose to listen to this. You don't, you don't have to listen. <laughs> you chose to listen to this. <laughs> Do you know that you could listen to like anything you wanted? And and you know here's here's how easy it would be to listen to something specific that you might actually be really interested in, rather than just having sort of. And I guess whatever some some folks like just background noise, and that's fine. But um, anyways, to each their own, I guess. And uh, yes, that's the way it is. All right. Well, where can folks uh, find you on the internet when they're needing some more basketball? basketball fix <laughs> uh, right well probably the easiest way to get in touch with me is just through twitter the handle is at in all airness and it's a name that just stuck from when i first named the podcast but michael jordan's nickname is his airness and it was a bit of a poor play on words with in all fairness and i just said oh well I'll just go with that. I wasn't sure. And <laughs> I'm still <laughs> teetering now and then. I think, oh, is that even a clever name or is it just silly? But basically, um, yeah, at In All Annis, uh, on Twitter, that's the easiest way to go. And the website, it's just inallannis.com. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Adam, for, for coming on Show Me Your Mic. I I, uh, I think it was on Twitter or where did I uh, – somewhere I, I, lo- I called you Ryan or maybe it was on a previous episode of the show and – this whole episode, I was like, I had to make sure I had in big letters on on my notes. Adam is his name, not Ryan. That's okay. I actually get called Ryan as much as I get called Adam. So because yeah. I've got the obviously two first names, it's uh, I'll just get used to being called Ryan. So it doesn't worry me at all. But uh, thank you for calling me Adam, Chris. I yeah. do appreciate it. I was gonna say I made it through the episode without uh, without doing it. So. Um, you can find uh, the links and stuff to everything we talked about at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 64. Like I said earlier, uh, Show Me Your Mic is on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm on Twitter at iChris. Good Stuff, the network is on Twitter. Good Stuff underscore fm is where you can find us, the, the collective us, and uh, be alerted to new shows being released, when shows broadcast live. There's shows that record live on now Tuesdays and Thursdays and uh, I don't know if there's other days they do record live. That seems to be the day we've all sort of settled on for podcasting live days, but uh, other shows kind of pop up here and there. So worth subscribing or following, I guess there, if you like. And of course, my thanks to campaign monitor for sponsoring this episode and supporting good stuff. If you'd like to support show me your mic and my podcasting efforts more directly, you can do so on my Patreon. I have one set up there patreon.com slash iChris just surpassed the little goal of uh, the $100 a month club goal or whatever that I'd set and, and part of that goal was to order in a upgraded webcam which I'll be receiving, might actually arrive just before Christmas so maybe I'll have a special <laughs> unwrapping a present to myself from my Patreon folks which sounds kind of weird now that I say that out loud but anyways <laughs> uh, you can uh, support me there if, you, if, if you're at all interested and I would really appreciate that and uh Thank you for listening to this episode of Show Me Your Mic. We'll see you again next time. Have a great day. Bye.